Welcome to the North Group Podcast. At North Group, we're constantly invited into organizations in order to influence leadership and organizational behavior. It is absolutely fascinating. I'm your host, Roger North, and we'd like to invite you into that conversation. I'm having a lot of fun and frankly learning a lot, Daryl, from conversations I'm having with different of our colleagues about sayings or idioms and the degree to which they're useful personally, from a leadership standpoint, and organizationally. And one that you and I hear pretty often, and it gets moved around into different orders and so forth, is the phrase, good is the enemy of great. Is that statement universally true? Well, I, I think part of it starts out with how, do you, how does one define good? Okay. And, and how does one define great? But uh, from my perspective, I think that... Um, whether it's universally true, I think it has a great power in uh, understanding um, just about ways, ways in which we can maybe focus on the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so my perspective, yeah, I think it's uh, uh, pretty close to not being universally accepted, but uh, a really, really important statement. So when you think about organizations that, as you put it, focus on the wrong things, what would be an example? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that we often talk about is, you know, there, there's no way to be great at everything. And so you, you would believe that is universally true? I, I think it's absolutely first. Okay. Absolutely. All right. I was just having a conversation the other day about uh, Tom Brady. Okay. And uh, someone came after winning the Super Bowl. What, whatever you feel about Tom Brady mm-hmm. and... And uh, his play, the fact is he's won seven Super Bowls, not because he is great at everything. Right. He There's, doesn't run. He doesn't run. Right. It, there are other things that he's, but he's really great at making a decision in the pocket. Boy, isn't that the truth. And so you think about the fact that, you know, and, and again, even the team gets built around his greatness yeah. in a particular area. He's, he's good, but we don't need to focus on uh, building a line that protects a mobile quarterback. Yeah, uh, we true. can focus on building a line around greatness. And in, in that case, if you'd have a team that says, in order to be good at everything, you know, where does that get you? That, that example probably fits this conversation as good as any I can think of now because he played differently in New England than what Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Buccaneers, asked him to do there, but he still built – around Brady's strengths, mm-hmm. but he also connected them to the strengths that the team have. Because if I remember correctly, one of the critiques in, in New England was that they didn't have elite receivers. Yeah. And one of, maybe one of the reasons that Brady wanted to go to Tampa Bay was because they did. They did, absolutely. And uh, they crafted a different style of offense, but it still took advantage of Brady's great decision-making and excellent leadership skills that propelled him to a place that I would have doubted they would have gotten to at least in the first season. Well, I think, again, you know, without taking it too far, you know, the conversation within the National Football League is what kind of quarterback is going to be most successful. There's mm-hmm. been a movement to yeah. quarterbacks that are extraordinarily versatile. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a super football, you know, in-depth kind of guy, but you look at the success of a Tom Brady and mm-hmm. you say, hmm, what are we learning from that? Yeah. And I think that that's where uh, an idiom like this uh, – yeah, 
can can be quickly seen. So if an organization is is thinking about this and pursuing this, and maybe leaders are thinking, you know what, I wonder if we're focused in too many areas, if we're trying to be great in too many areas and diluting our value, mm-hmm. which, which would be a an outgrowth of this, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you're inferring, you know, we're trying to be great at too many things. Let's right. now then... How would they go about making that decision? Where would you start? Well, I think one of the things that I would say is to to recognize that maybe, you know, good is good enough in certain areas. So you're okay with that? I think we have to be. You know, years ago, I heard uh, an individual, Greg Groeschel, who I'm sure uh, many of our listeners are familiar with, he used a term called Gitmo. Uh, Getmo, and it was it stood for uh, good enough to move on. Interesting. And so you think about that concept in the light of another uh, uh, concept of the laws of diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah. And at what point is good good enough? But I think it comes back to your question: If we believe that to be true, what are we great at? Yeah. What are we great yeah. at? And to to define that from a personal perspective, an organizational perspective, and and the strength that comes from that, both for uh, not just only for ourselves, but our organizations and our clients as well, and the business as a whole. So, if I would think about our own business, Daryl, a business you and I have been together in for over eighteen years now, I think I would say that broadly we've chosen to be great in two areas, and their phrases. Test me on this. Mm -hmm. Phrases that we use, we call them the twin pillars of our culture. Gracious hospitality Mm -hmm. and focused efficiency. And when you first say those two, they almost seem like maybe they're in competition with each other. They sit in different spheres, right brain, left brain. But we've chosen to get as close to great as we possibly can and keep inching our way incrementally forward to be great at gracious hospitality and focused efficiency. Do, do you think that characterizes us? Is that is that what we're choosing? No, yeah, I think so. And I think that there is, e- even that, there's there's a continuous journey. Oh, for sure. Um, but there is a focus about what we not only are, are we saying we're good at, we are good at it, and we continue to work at it because we think it's so important. And there's other things that we may say, you know what, that that's good enough. Yeah. That's good enough. But we want to stay focused on those things in terms of, you know, how we connect with our clients, how we connect with each other, uh, which which is really important. And I think there's other areas that we focus on as an organization that say we could do those things, it's good enough. But really, even the core of, of our existence, the core of our mission is really on these life-changing principles. Mm-hmm. We're not just talking about, you know, how do, how do we get from point A to point B, but we're thinking about that in a broader context of as what's next. What's next? Where do we want to be? Where do we want to be as an organization? Where do we want to be as leaders? That, to me, is, I think, an area where we are, again, it may sound arrogant to say it, but in the context of our conversation, I believe we're great at that um, because there are other things, perhaps training, perhaps, you know, just individual project work. Like That's not really our focus. It's on those sustained relationships. Yeah, that, that's really good. And it, it, it gets me to Thinking back of something you said a few minutes ago near the beginning of our conversation, uh, when you said that you almost have to define great and good. So I was thinking about that for how you and I and our colleagues here at North Group would look at organizational or business greatness. We would look at that as something that was sustainable over time and created 
a legacy? What are we building now for, as one of our colleagues likes to say, for people whose names we do not yet know? Yeah. And so I think that's how we would look at it because we're so often engaged in generational transition. We have the privilege of being involved with mm. several fifth-generation companies, a bunch of fourth and third, and it's so exciting to see them build on a foundation and, and, and take that somewhere. I think for us, that defines greatness. So as I'm thinking about that, if that's going to be our definition of greatness, sustained value, sustained legacy, mm -hmm. are there a few disciplines that organizations who define great that way must be great at? Well, I agree with what you just said. I think sitting down and understanding how we define greatness and then thinking about what are the behaviors that we need to engage in on a consistent, sustainable basis that either point us in that direction or actually fulfill or get fulfilling that definition of greatness for us. So I know I'm cutting in on no, you, but if, if, a, if a client of yours, mm -hmm. if you were having this kind of conversation with them and they said, hey, in our next time together you know, with, our, with our executive team, leadership team, let's have a conversation about what we either already are great at or need to be great at in order to pursue our definition of greatness. And Daryl, we're going to take your definition of greatness and say sustained value, legacy, generational transition. We want this organization to exist well beyond our own tenure. What would you tell them that they need to focus on? Well, yeah, it's, it's a great question. You know, you think about the differences. Obviously, there are principles that we believe get applied across the board. Um, but part of it would be in terms of not just products or services, but thinking about, again, I'm going to repeat something you said, the legacy. What is it that, that, that helps to drive, you know, Back in the day, you know, Jim Collins wrote a great book, uh, Good to Great. Right. And he talked about uh, three particular areas and then how those combine to identify your hedgehog. I think there's an exercise there and just turn, hey, we, we need to be profitable. Yeah. You know, what are we passionate about? Yeah. You know, all those kinds of questions. Let's sit down yeah. and think that through. Yeah. And then look at our organization because there are some organizations that we work with that are focused on something that is good. Mm-hmm. But is it really helping you to achieve that broader perspective, that sustainability, that profitability that, that you want? I think one of the most difficult things uh, in an organizational, in an organization or even in an individual's life is to let those, some of those things go that are good, mm -hmm. that are preventing you from being great. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much of that, I find, within organizations, within you know, lives of leaders, of influencers. Would the idea that, be then it distracts us? Oh, it absolutely, I think, distracts okay. us. And, and finding those areas, as we continue to define what great is, to find those things that we're good at, but quite frankly, are, can be barriers, unintentional barriers, to greatness. So as you're, as you're talking about this, some uh, thoughts, I guess I'd say bubbling up for me, if I had to choose one thing, one pursuit for a group of leaders that was committed to the type of greatness that we talked about, generational, legacy, building value for people whose names we do not yet know, I would choose the discipline of building trust. 
mm-hmm. of becoming trustworthy yeah. as individuals, as leaders, as a team. And it sounds so obvious and so basic, and yet it's elusive. Well, Roger, first of all, I agree that that's a fundamental area that, in essence, again, using that terminology where we've started in terms of being great, we want to be great at building trust. Yeah. Uh, the opportunity then that that opens up. It doesn't necessarily get us, you know, product service wise, but when we do that from an organizational standpoint, when we focus on trust, we focus on character, yeah. we focus on competence, we focus on commitment, we yeah. focus on communication. When we think about building trust, you know, if I'm going to be great at anything, foundationally, that's one thing I absolutely want for my own life, and would encourage that in the life of an individual or the life of an organization. You're saying that so well, identifying three or four C's that we would affiliate with building trust, character, competence, Mm -hmm. commitment, and and communication even. And I was thinking how, as, as, as I get older, as our organization and our clients' organizations become more sophisticated, as the world around us becomes more complex, that building trust relieves me from having to be right all the time. Mm. And when I put those two things together, it's not that I don't want to be right, but I'm engaged in a lot of situations where right is elusive. And I'm not talking about from a universal truths or an ethical standpoint, but where what's right in terms of a strategy or even a tactic or a business model for today or next month may look pretty silly a year from now, and certainly the last year has taught us that. So I think when we think about this idea of good is the enemy of great, I hear you saying you really like that one. You really think that's useful. And if we're going to choose one in the disciplines we're involved here in helping leaders and organizations grow toward their highest potential, it's going to be to focus on building trust. Oh, absolutely. I think it's foundational. Thank you. I didn't know we were going to get there today, but I love that we did. Thanks for listening to the North Group Podcast. For more information about North Group Consultants, please visit northgroupconsultants.com.